Thank you for joining us for this podcast from College Church of the Nazarene, University Avenue. The following was recorded live on location in Bourbonnais, Illinois. So what did the Lord say to you today? I've said this before, probably fairly recently. I'm going to say it again today, and there's probably a well, really good chance you'll hear me say it again again. Uh, but I want to say it today, today again. This worship service is designed to be a conversation between you and the Lord, between us and the Lord. So the Sunday morning worship service is guided conversation. It's interactive. It's participatory. Uh, Soren Kierkegaard, a Christian philosopher from Denmark, 200 years ago explained what worship was. According to Kierkegaard, the people of Denmark were likening worship to the theater, to entertainment, where the congregation thought of themselves as the audience, where the worship leaders were the actors, the performers creating the experience, and God was the stagehand behind the scenes making sure it all went smoothly. So in Kierkegaard's day 200 years ago in Denmark, people were thinking church was theater, and Soren said that's not what worship is. And if you're going to use the theater as a model for worship, this is really what's going on. In a worship service, it's the congregation who are the actors. The stage is where you are. The worship leaders on the platform, why, they're simply the stagehands. So who's the audience? God is the audience. So it's not us who needs to be pleased with the worship service. It's God said Søren Kierkegaard 200 years ago in Denmark. So our worship service is designed for your participation since you're the actors, since that's the stage. Liturgy, which is what you call an order of service, liturgy literally means work of the people. The liturgy of a worship service, and every church has a liturgy, whether they call it that or not, liturgy of a worship service is supposed to engage the worshipers in worship. Thus, the question, have you come to worship? And the truth is, if our Lord is pleased with the worship here at College Church, it is because you have come to worship. You have brought that worship with you. So this worship service is designed to be a conversation, an active conversation between you and the Lord, between us and the Lord. God speaking to us, us speaking to God, God listening to us, us listening to God. Worship as conversation. We are here to facilitate a conversation. Because each one one of us can have a one-on-one relationship with Jesus Christ. Every single one of us can know Jesus. Ourselves, We can have a relationship with Jesus Christ which is as real as any other relationship we might have. As real and dynamic as was Jesus' relationships with anyone in the Bible and that's the mystery and power and beauty of the Christian faith that we can have a relationship with 
God, the God who created, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who led the children of Israel out of Egypt, the God who led the Israelites through the wilderness, the God who gave the law and told his people how to be worshipped, the God who provided the promised land and who spoke through the prophets, that God, we can have a relationship with that God. But that's not all. There's more. We can have a relationship with that same God who became flesh. We can have a relationship with a flesh and blood God. A God who was born as we were. A God who ate and drank as we do. Who laughed and cried as we do. Who was healthy and who got sick as we do. Who lived in this world as we do. And who even died as we will. The mystery and power and beauty of the Christian faith is that we can have a relationship with the God who became like one of us. And folks, when every knee bows and every tongue confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord, it's going to be a flesh and blood Jesus we're bowing down to and confessing is Lord. We can have a relationship with that God. But that's not all. There's more. That God who is Father and Son, that God who is Creator and Redeemer, gave us His personal presence in the person of the Holy Spirit. So God is not only on the throne and God with, with Jesus at His right hand, that same God is present to us, as close to us as was Jesus to His disciples in the person of the Holy Spirit. Which means we can have a relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Which means we can have, every single one of us, can have a relationship with our Creator, our Redeemer, and our Sanctifier. Which means we can talk to God, and He talks to us. We can listen to and hear from God, and our God will listen and hear from us. And this worship service is designed around that premise, that we can have a real and dynamic relationship with Jesus as real as with anyone else. So what we do here on Sunday, every Sunday, is facilitate a conversation between a relationship with us and God and God and us. That's the question. So what did the Lord say to you today? Now, it's really important that we worship as we do for two reasons anyway. The first reason, and I don't think this is too harsh or general an observation, I'm not sure we spend enough time listening to the God who created, redeemed, and sanctifies us. I'm not sure we spend enough time listening. Is that, is that too harsh? Is that fair? A lot of us are really busy. I mean, we have jobs to go to, we have families to tend to, we have property to maintain, we have Netflix. Disney, YouTube to watch. We have Facebook and Snapchat and Instagram and X, formerly known as Twitter, to peruse. Some of us have more work than time. Some of us have more school than time. I'm sure I would have a couple silent amens to that. And there's no end to the ways we can keep ourselves entertained and distracted. So I'm not sure we listen enough. Which means we, we most certainly need to on Sundays. I mean, how many minutes a week do we give God our undivided attention? 
So we certainly need to on Sundays. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening ought to be our preparation for worship. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And in this worship service, our Lord speaks to us in many ways. Through the music, for sure. During the prayer time, yes. And perhaps the Lord will speak to you powerfully through the Lord's Supper. Perhaps through me in the preached word. Perhaps through another today, the Lord spoke to you. But I'm going to remind you again, I've said it before, this is nothing new. One of the best ways to hear from the Lord, the, I, I, I wanted to say the first way, but I'm not sure it's the first way, but it is perhaps the most dependable way we can hear from our Lord is through this written word. Our God is not mute. Our God is not silent. If you really want to hear the, from your Lord, read this book. You will not be disappointed, I promise you. You may not like what you read, but he will speak. And you do know that the confusion of so many in our day is directly proportionate to the ignorance of this written word. The reason so many people are as confused as they are about just about everything is because they think this book is irrelevant. They don't know the power of the Spirit to reveal Christ and Christ's wisdom who created us. They don't know the power of the Spirit to reveal Christ and Christ's wisdom through this written word, which for the record has just guided the church ever since it was written. This book transcends culture and time. They're reading this book in Africa. They're reading this book in South America. They're reading this book in Eastern Europe. They're reading this book in Asia. The first way, first way, I don't know, the most dependable way we hear from our Lord is in this text. Now again, there are other ways to hear from God. I know, for those with faith, God speaks to us in nature, yes, for those of us with faith, God speaks to us in song. Yes. God speaks to us through others. Yes. Sometimes God even speaks to us in silence. God's silence is his communicating. What God wants us to do then is to learn to wait. But I will testify that the Lord has spoken to me so clearly in the last two weeks through the reading of this word in the quiet of this sanctuary. You want to hear from the Lord, get quiet and read. Amen. Why do you want to do this life on your own? With your wisdom. Now I know listening is scary. Active listening is hard work. One of the reasons we don't listen more than we do is because, frankly, we'd rather not hear. Do we dare admit that? That our lack of listening is sometimes intentional, not accidental? I don't think I want to hear from the Lord. Well, then there's a reason for that. Our God is a holy God. And for those of us who confess Jesus Christ as Lord and mean it, not just say it, there's not a little fear and trembling in the working out of our salvation. So believe me, I know listening can be scary. Sometimes God says what we'd rather not hear. 
So because we sometimes would rather not, because we don't often enough, that points to the imperative of this worship service facilitating a conversation between you and God and between us and God. We need to listen and hear from our Lord. So what did the Lord say to you today? What is the Lord saying to you today? Before I say anything else, I do want to say, I want to confess, I want to explain that being the stagehands, facilitating and mediating, mediating God's message, that's a lot of responsibility and it's scary. Worship as a conversation between God and you on a Sunday morning puts a lot of pressure on those of us who facilitate the conversation. Because if this is a conversation between the God in three persons, the God who is and who was and is is, and who is to come, if this is a conversation between the one who will be exalted and given the name that is higher than any other name and before whom every knee shall bow, bow and every tongue confess to the glory of God the Father, then what we say God is saying as facilitators better be what God is saying. What we say God is saying as stagehands, as facilitators, better be what God is saying. Mediating the person and presence of God is dangerous. God doesn't take too kindly to those who misrepresent God. The Lord warned all who would dare presume to speak for God. The third commandment, after you shall have no other gods before me. The third commandment, after you shall not make an idol of me. You you shall not make me something I'm not. God warned us about speaking for God in Exodus 27. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Let me paraphrase that one. God is saying, don't you dare speak for me unless you know it's me speaking. Don't you dare advance your own opinions as if it were me talking. Don't you dare use my name to advance your own agenda or your own personal convictions. Don't misuse my name. Don't pull the God card unless you know it's me. And we should know it's the only commandment with a punishment for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. And that should just indicate how serious God is about those who would presume to speak for him. This is scary. What I do every Sunday is dangerous. I wonder how many preachers on Sunday mornings violate the third commandment because they stand behind a pulpit espousing personal opinions as if it were the word of the Lord. In my opinion, if you say God said, you probably better be quoting scripture. Karl Barth, who it is safe to say was the most influential Protestant theologian in the 20th century, said this in an article about preaching, about those who presume to speak for God. Titled, On the Presumption of Preaching. You'll have to listen to it carefully. What are you doing, you man or woman, with the word of God upon your lips? Upon what grounds do you assume the role of mediator between heaven and earth? Who has authorized you to take your place there and to generate encounter with God and to crown all, to do so expecting results? 
wanting success? Did one ever hear of such overweening presumption, such titanism, or to speak more clearly, such brazenness? One does not with impunity usurp the prerogative of God. But does not the profession of ministry inevitably involve both presumption and brazenness? Is not the whole situation in the church an illustration of humanity's chronic hubris, which is really worse in the church than in any other profession? Can a preacher be saved? I would answer that with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. God may pluck us ministers as a brand out of the fire. So you know, the reading of scripture here on Sunday mornings without commentary from any preacher, I will gladly admit to you, reading scripture on Sunday mornings is a coward's way of facilitating worship. I don't want the possibility of you hearing from God on a Sunday morning to be contingent on me alone. I don't want the only opportunity you have to hear from the word, a spoken word on a Sunday to be in my voice alone. We need to hear from God through the written word without commentary so that the Holy Spirit has freedom to speak to your heart what you need to hear, what I need to hear. And furthermore, we, we are to be thoughtful Christians, not simply emotional. Our love for our Lord is to include our minds, not just our hearts. And sometimes the presence of the Lord ought to invoke silence. And when it never does, we may be worshiping a projection and not the God who is. Every now and then we ought to be falling on our faces before the holiness of our God. And so on Sundays there are at least four opportunities for us to hear from the Lord a specific word. The first reading, the second reading, the third reading, the fourth is through the preached word but only as it is in harmony with the written word. We preachers dare not take a text and preach what it isn't saying. And even in the written word, there's this kind of distinction. The apostle Paul knew the importance of distinguishing between his own opinions and the Lord's. In his letter to the Corinthian church, he stated clearly what was a word from the Lord and what was his own opinion. This is Paul speaking. This is what I think. This is what the Lord is saying. And frankly, sometimes I cringe listening to sermons because I'm thinking that's not a word from the Lord. That's your own opinion and you're speaking as if it is. I'll take the Lord's name in vain. Preacher. Can a preacher be saved? I would answer that with men this is impossible. But with God all things are possible. God may pluck us ministers as a brand out of fire. And by the way, this prohibition against taking God's name in vain applies to songwriters as well as to preachers. And it applies to everyone who would presume to represent the God who is. 
So this worship service is designed to be a conversation between you and the Lord, between us and the Lord, this carefully guided conversation so that we can talk to God and the God who is can talk to us so we can listen to and hear from God so that God might hear from us. So what did the Lord say to you today? What is the Lord saying to you today? Did the Lord speak to you through the epistle reading? When he did nothing less than call us to be like him? I mean, there was a, that was a powerful moment in this worship service, the listening to Pastor Angela read this text when Paul writes, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Did the Lord speak that word to you today? In your relationships with one another, think the way Jesus thought. Have his same mind who being in the very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be held on to, something to be grasped, something to be seized. Rather, he made, he, made, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, slave, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. This is God Almighty as a man humbled himself by becoming, how obedient? By becoming obedient to death. How obedient? By even death on a cross. Did he speak to you about how you think of others? Did the Lord say to anybody, that's for you today? Or in that same passage, did the Lord talk to you about the nature of your relationships with others in the passage in which Paul wrote, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if you have any comfort from Christ's love, if you, if you have received the Spirit, common sharing of the Spirit, if you have received any tenderness and compassion from our Lord, then make my joy complete by thinking the same way as each other, by having the same love among yourselves, by being one in spirit and of one mind says the Apostle Paul. If we are united with Christ, we are united with others, says the Apostle Paul. If the Lord has been anything to you, then be in fellowship with others. Did the Lord say, that's for you today? Is that the word you heard this morning? Or did Jesus speak to you in the gospel? Did our Lord say to anybody today, you're... You, you kind of like the second son who gave the Lord lip service but never did what he asked you to do. Did Jesus say to anybody today, I'm really expecting you to do what I'm asking? And because if you don't, thieves and prostitutes who do change are going to be in the kingdom ahead of you, indeed, instead of you. Did Jesus speak to you in the parable of the two sons? What did the Lord say to you today? What is the Lord saying to you today? Or maybe the Lord's speaking to you while I'm preaching. Maybe the Lord spoke to you in Exodus 27. As I, and as I was talking, you were wondering, have I ever misused the Lord's name? 
Have I ever spoken for God out of turn? Have I ever trespassed? Have I ever used God to further my own agenda? Maybe the Lord spoke to you in the music or in the time of prayer, maybe through someone else today. What did the Lord say to you today? What is he saying to you today? He's not mute. He speaks. And I've said everything I've said today to say this. So how are we going to respond? How are we going to respond to the word of the Lord? Are we going to be like the first son who heard his father speak and said no, but then said yes, repented? Are we going to be like the second son who heard his father speak and think, yeah, no problem, God got it, and then acted as if his father had never spoken? In response to the Lord speaking today, are we going to leave grateful for having participated in what would be an aesthetic experience but without being changed? Are we going to be like the second son having heard and then leave believing that hearing is all that was required? How are we going to respond today? Are we going to say thank you to the word we heard? And are we going to repent? Change our ways and actually live out what the Lord is asking of us. Come as you are for sure, says the Lord. Come as you are, yes. Remain as you are, That is not what the Lord says. You can come as you are, but I'm changing you. And there's not a person in this room that doesn't need our Lord to change us. How are you going to respond to the word you heard today? So the first word I heard from the Lord in the last two weeks tried 10 days ago. The first word I heard from the Lord came from the story of Joseph reading through the Bible again this year. It's really, really helpful in the quiet of the sanctuary. The first word that came from the Lord and my response my response was thank you. It was a promise of the Lord's redemption found in the story of Joseph. Now I have to receive it. I have to believe it. It's hard to believe. Really, Lord, really? But my Lord gave it to me. The second word I heard from the Lord was more recently. And uh, it was a one-word instruction. Just one word. So, so not in my head, I knew it was from him. It was in the, again in the quiet of the sanctuary. 
And my response to that one word instruction, which is going to remain between me and my Lord, was repentance. My response was to change direction, to change how I see things. I don't want to be like the the first son. I don't want to be like the second son who didn't take his father seriously and who dismissed his father as irrelevant. And I don't want to be displaced by those who do what the father says. I'm not sure I want to be like the first son. I think I want to be like the son that wasn't mentioned, the one who says I will and does. Yes, Lord, and yes, Lord. What did the Lord say to you today? Today, what did he say to you today? How are you going to respond? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Or repentance. Yes, Lord, I will follow. You've been listening to a podcast from College Church of the Nazarene, University Avenue. If you care to join us for worship, we meet each Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. at 200 University Avenue in Bourbonnais, Illinois. We also offer a full range of activities, classes, small group meetings, and events throughout the week. For a complete list of what's going on at College Church or for more information on how you can get involved, please go to www.collegechurch.org.